Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pronouns she, her, hers. And I'm Josie, pronouns he, they. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges. And this is By the Cover, a deep dive into Amazon book review culture. Nice job getting it right in there. We're not always good at it, but we did it this time. <laughs> Only broken up by your laughter, um, which is great. Yours and the listeners. Yeah, absolutely, because they found it funny within the first minute. Yeah, it was absolutely hilarious. We're a good podcast. We're such a good um, podcast. We moved. Uh, just moved. recently, we moved apartment, same apartment complex, um, and that was actually surprisingly it was, it went, easy. It went very easily. Yeah. yeah, a good friend of ours, uh, Stephanie, came came through with uh, with a minivan and helped us move all of the the heaviest things in the first like two hours. Yeah, which was insane. Before the sun was like too evil. The sun was pretty evil. We're to in be Texas. Clear. <laughs> the um, sun is the worst here. The sun is a deadly laser. Um, but yeah. now we've got now we've got a lovely bookshelf bookcase with such all, a lovely all of our books. We've actually gotten multiple compliments. I've never I've never interior designed all that much. I don't consider myself like a very good interior designer. I've often lived with with other friends who are good at an interior design, and so I kind of allow myself to live like a garbage rat, which is to say I keep things clean, but my room sort of looks like a child's collage. And I don't really care about the things, but multiple times we've actually had people go, Oh, I really like your bookshelf setup. That's really cute. Yeah, and so you know, not to toot our own horn, but yeah, let's get into let's, this let's episode. Let's get into this episode. Um, Becca, what what? Uh, yeah, I think we should. I, you I think we today. should retain some of this uh, fancy sounding language for a mm. while because I'm bringing you today. It takes two to tumble, seducing the Sedgwicks by Cat Sebastian. <laughs> It does not take two to tumble, just to be clear. I think that is a yeah, no, you can't. multiple single like I mean, yeah, we we took it we well, I didn't take the movement class in yeah. college and somehow swung around that one. Um but yeah, I think you can do a single tumble. Yeah, just just the one. Um <laughs> anyway, so some of Ben Sedgwick's favorite things. Helping his poor parishioners, 
baby animals, shamelessly flirting with a handsome Captain Philip Dacre. Oh my goodness. After an unconventional upbringing, Ben is perfectly content with the quiet, predictable life of a county vicar, free of strife or turmoil. When he's asked to look after an absent naval captain's three wild children, he reluctantly agrees, but instantly falls for the Hellions. And when their stern but gloriously handsome father arrives, <laughs> Ben is tempted in ways that make him doubt everything. Some of Philip Dacre's favorite things. One, his ship. <laughs> Two, people doing precisely as they're told. Three, touching the irresistible vicar at every opportunity. Oh my Why did it have to take such like a tactile turn this captain there? captain sounds really kinky. Like <laughs> people doing exactly as they're told. Like I get like it's because he's a hardened like captain he and does father. Have a, like a boat fetish though and it's like a rope thing oh, as well. Oh, he's a hardened captain. <laughs> um, Philip can't wait to leave England shores and be back on a ship away from the grief that haunts him. But his children have driven off a succession of governesses and tutors, and he must set things right. The unexpected presence of the cheerful, adorable vicar sets his world on its head, and now he can't seem to live without Ben's winning smiles or devastating kisses. So this is like uh, the pacifier if Vin Diesel was a preacher. Yeah, and also gay. <laughs> and gay. Also, though. Isn't Vin Diesel bi? I don't know. I don't want to be wrong Let's about that. Let's not be wrong uh, about that. Um, in uh, the midst, Google, Vin, Vin Google, Diesel? Google, Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel uh, makes on a Wikipedia list of gay, lesbian, or bisexual people slash archive three. Okay, I don't think that's a credible source. Wait, Wikipedia is not terrible. Mm, I'm gonna go with unknown. Unknown should not label. Um, Vin Diesel, if you're listening, when you're listening to our podcast, you're really cool. You're a really cool actor. I actually yeah. really admire the projects that Vin Diesel chooses. Um, That's like a weird niche to be in, but I just kind of generically enjoy his films. This is going to be one of those like cursed things, though, where like you said something nice, and then we're going to get a tweet that's like... And I'm going to be like, okay, I, I accept that. The pacifier was a really good bonding moment for me and my dad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And I love you just like this mad scientist who <laughs> turned a nursery rhyme into the solution okay, to Okay, back room. to the story of It Takes Two to Tumble, which is what mm -hmm. we are here for. Mm -hmm. In the midst of runaway children, a plot to blackmail Ben's family, and a torturous and torturous nights of pleasure. Torturous nights of pleasure. We're Again, not, it's kinky. And Philip Digger sounds kind of kinky. Ben and Philip must decide if a safe life is worth losing the one thing that makes them come alive. I do want to be really come clear. Come alive, yeah. It's going to be very important to the following reviews mm -hmm. that I make incredibly clear that this is set in Regency times. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like old timey times. Right. This is going to come up a few times. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, something else that's going to come up a few times, and that's why I'm going to like nip it in the bud right away with a really low. It's so... She the the book has a four point five out of five rating overall, okay. um, with one hundred twenty eight customer ratings, um, mm -hmm. and it has one one written one star review that I can find. One okay. star is at two percent. It's by Tall Dan, who I'm just kind of in love with the name Tall Dan. Um, yeah, and I'm five foot eight, Josie. <laughs> yep, one star, outright plagiarism. This is not an original work. This author took Sound of Music and changed the characters slightly. Some of the dialogue is almost exactly the same. I gave up by chapter three. Don't waste your time unless you think Sound of Music should be redone with homosexuals. Do, a dill, a dill, <laughs> do, a dill, do, do. 
Ray. Yeah, keep going. You're stuck now. The guy I met last night. (laughs) Me. Me. The guy I want men to smooch. Uh, Long way I'll go to smooch Philip, the captain. Wait, I thought you were smooching Ray. I did smooch Ray. Listen, this is a torrid affair. That's fair. Um, And then the final part of this is, maybe I'm missing the point here. Is this satire? Oh. Tall Dad, I do not think it is satire. Even even if it is, like, uh, essentially just gay sound of music, like, that's, like, AU, like, fan fiction, not satire. Also, like, who wouldn't, okay, seriously, though, who wouldn't enjoy gay sound of music? The Catholics. Okay. But who amongst? <laughs> okay, fine. You're right. There's an entire group of people who are allowed to have their own opinion. Wait, what do the Catholics? What do the cla- Catholics think of like sound of music in general? Uh, I mean, listen. There's an entire song where I am 16, going to smooth chills. So there's probably like some purity thing there. Oh yeah, that's fair. Somewhere. Um, so tell me more about okay. the reviews. So kind of to, to, to pay for my sins of giving a low review to start, I'm going to give a high review. Um, this is a top rated high review by Rebecca Wheeler, a charming, delicious read for the historical romance reader. Oh, plot twist, four and a half stars. Cat Sebastian has been high on my list for a long time and the start of her new series was the ticket. It was everything I was led to believe from the recommendations. I adored everything about this. This is such a lovely, well-developed story full of character. We have a staid, grumpy, authoritarian sea captain arrive home to find his children run wild since his wife has been deceased these last two years. The town vicar, Ben, employed to bring some kind of order to the children, hardly makes a good impression with the captain, Philip, with his apparent lack of discipline. Oh, his apparent lack of what? Discipline, apparently, according to what my mouth wants to say. You know, like pickle bondage. A book friend mentioned that this has shades of sound of music. And yes, it does. And to quote her, but without the Germans, the singing, the drapery, clothing. And honestly, who cares? Is it Sound of Music without the the Germans, the singing, or the drapery, clothing? Wait a minute. You said that this was in Regency, which is like decidedly nowhere near the Sound so of this Music. This is the silliest thing in the whole world. <laughs> you could also say it has shades of Mary Poppins. I mean, listen, any story where a nanny comes into the household and is like, you have terrible children. Let me fix them for you. Yeah. Like You're a pacifist. terrible father. The pacifist. The pacifier. Yeah. Um, or uh, what's the um, with the ugly woman? Nanny McPhee. <laughs> she, why does she become more beautiful the less bad the children are? Because women's beauty is directly proportional to the successes they can have with their children. It's caretakers, Jesus. So many it. layers bring this story to life, such as with women, the various <laughs> children, the townsfolk and servants, family, second char- secondary characters always make the book. Then we also have religious beliefs, learning disabilities, you know, kind of the casual saucy song of life. I loved Ben, who was a ray of sunshine, wise beyond his years and a calming influence. I loved Philip. You were rooting for him from the start, even with his assholery. The kid's language was very fruitful when we first met. I gasped and laughed out loud and was instantly in love. Do you think one of the kids said fuck? Uh, no. No. No, I'm going to go with... (laughs) You know, the famous old-timey curse. The romance was a slow build of burning chemistry, delicious passion, so sexy from the emotions evoked, yet not particularly explicit in its mechanics. It was hot as hell, not from the actions, but from the five senses evoked. 
the way the world smelled just <laughs> really drew me in. The sex scenes ran over several chapters and swapping POVs in order to let us in and feel what they were feeling. Several chapters Love this for book. a single sex scene? I highly recommend it to all historical romance readers. This is one to swoon over. I'm a new fan of this author. Okay, here comes a character that you're going to want to remember for later. It's Cat of Cats books, romance blog, and theme park. What? Just remember this character for later. Okay. Um, they leave a review called Delightful. Philip and Ben's romance reminds me of early Amanda Quick Regencies with a bit of madcap country joy. Cat Sebastian writes with wit and depth. Philip's grief and guilt are particularly well done, as is Ben's curvy relationship with Faith. You know, because it's not straight. I guess. I guess. I love his family and the kids. A good romp. And then with three stars comes AMF0001. Didn't really work for me. I finished it, so that's an automatic three-star rating for me. But I had issues with it all along. Yeah. So I think that's a very interesting, like... If I don't finish the book, it's three stars max. No, 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 no. Oh. She fin- they finished it. Oh, so bottom line, three stars. So, yeah, no oh. matter what, like, because they finished it, it was good enough to rate three stars. Oh. I do think if you are writing a historical piece, it shouldn't be 20th century men in Regency clothing, especially for male-male romances. Both men felt too modern for me. The captain, Philip Dapker, was really abrasive at the start, though he gradually warmed up. And the priest, Ben Sedgwick, was just way too perfect in every way. And Men have gotten better over the years. <laughs> yes, that's also true. Also more <laughs> less abrasive. And it had misbehaving children, which is another trope I don't love. I like the side characters. I like the general writing, but I don't like the situation that the author had created. I've read other Cat Sebastians and like them far more. So if this is your first, I recommend The Ruin of a Rake over this. Ooh. Mm. And finally, for me, my last review of the day is mm-hmm. a four star. Um, Amp. It was a Vine voice. So you know that they're an important reviewer. They've really got some some weight in the uh, in the community. I I adore I adore the title of this review mm-hmm. and like I this is one of the few times where I'm like oh maybe they're actually doing something to craft good reviews when you right. become a Vine Voice reviewer. A good meal, but not too much meat to it. Oh, tell me more about the meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have really liked Sebastian's previous books, though she's not at the level of KJ Charles or Joanna Chambers. Sebastian writes good historical male male books, but It Takes Two to Tumble felt lighter to me than her other books. Lighter characters, lighter plot, lighter angst. Ben and Philip fall for each other fairly easily, almost simultaneously and without much anguish. I mean, listen, it's a historical period piece, so the gays must suffer. <laughs> Is that in the. No. <laughs> Oh, that was your commentary. That was my commentary without much <laughs> anguish. I just feel like I feel like so many of these reviews that I read, and maybe I'm like really colored. I just by wanted all to like hurt read. them more. I want their relationship to cause more pain. This has been one of like the big things about the majority of the reviews, and I didn't want to read them all because they're kind of exhausting. But it's just kind of like, yes, gay people can just be happy. Like we're writing a happy, fun times fiction book. Like let it just be. I do want us to reflect on the title of It Takes Two to Tumble, which has nothing to do with the plot, it sounds like. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, it takes two of them. There are two There are leads. two men, and they're tumbling in bed. You don't know. Maybe they fall down a hill or something. <laughs> the subplots of ben enga- Ben's engagement and the blackmail don't provide much weight because Alice is too nice, and Easterbrook's character slash intent is too vague. Ben is unusually, especially for the time enlightened. Maybe it's because of his bohemian upbringing, but I would think they would have more angst about leaving the church than he does. His faith is much more a faith in good than a faith in God. 
Ben doesn't seem to feel anguish about much. His family, leaving Alice, leaving the church, leaving his job, leaving his house, being with a man for the first time. I liked Ben, but his character was almost too indifferent, unconcerned, to the point of blandness. I liked Philip much more. He was conflicted about his family, his job, his place in the world, his purpose, his feelings, etc. He was so, he was more interesting. If, if you're not worried about five things at once, you're not a compelling character. Also, it sounds like Ben has things to worry about. He just has right. chosen not to worry about them. We learn about a bunch about secondary characters that actually have little to do with the story slash plot. I guess we'll be seeing them in future books. The secondary characters fit well in the story, so they don't feel forced with a shoehorn, but there were a lot of them. There were some nice lines. These lines don't make any sense to me. Okay, I don't know why you were quoted. They're not really particularly pointed. Oh, please give them to me. He felt that this would be irrevocable, that this next hour or so would either burn every bridge he hadn't yet destroyed or build new ones to places he hadn't ever been. Gay sex. They mean gay sex. <laughs> and peace, Ben knew, was a series of small things, each insignificant, but together making landmarks for his life. Again, gay sex. I don't, like, are they, they they're like nice, li- like they're good. Like they're, they're fine. But like, they're fine. I don't think they're quotable, right? Uh-huh. Like, well, they were clearly <laughs> quoted. I'm not a fan of the title. Uh, thank you. It feels a bit cheesy to me. Huh? Well. Overall, I liked it. It takes two to tumble, but I wish there were more substance to it. It was a good read, but not one that I will remember or think about. I don't need angst and drama on every page, but things were a little too e- a bit too easy for our two MCs, and everything slotted into place satisfactorily. I prefer more friction and predicament. Well, the pieces and MCs are finding their places. See, and here's the disappointing thing. We didn't really go back to the dinner metaphor that the subject st- like set up. So oh, yeah, I just I feel like you want that you want that kind of round like right, tie like, it back in. I feel like Amp wrote a very nice review here, but then didn't and didn't tell me what the meat was. I didn't tell me what the meat. Was. I want to talk about that meat, uh, and if we <laughs> and on and, that note, and if we want to get meat, uh, we're gonna we're gonna need to do some ads. So, hi. My name is Gary. I spend a lot of time on Rogue Media. I love podcasting. Podcast makes me so happy. When I'm not doing anything else, I'm listening to Bluesville, Keep Waco Loud, and a lot of other things. I love the Rogue Media. Why am I here? I'm here to be your tour guide through Waco. I'm here to tell you all the goings on in and around Waco. I'm going to give you the 411 on what's happening, what's going on, and what events you should go to. This is your host, Debbie, signing off. Now that you know, go. Just go, Waco. And we're back. And we're back. We now have... Nom 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 nom. It's delicious meat. Becca, please. Uh, yeah. Please do your bit. Let's get to the meat of this. That's your segment. <laughs> Josie is a hand me my reader. And guess okay. what character we're deep diving into? Is it going to be Wayne Cat of Cats books, Cat romance, Cat. blog, and theme park? And theme park. <laughs> what is the theme park? I've been desperately trying to figure out what the theme park element is. Um, 
So they have 1,111 helpful votes, 2,159 reviews, 46 hearts, and 12 idealists cat so, of cat's okay, books. Okay, so a 50% a 50% success rate roughly yeah. when it comes to the Yeah. Okay. So they their 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 reviewer ranking is about 10,253. Okay, well, what are we doing with them? I don't know. <laughs> Do they matter? I just I was so tantalized by the, the title of mm-hmm. Cat of Cats. Cat of Cats books romance blog and theme park. <laughs> and listen, if you can tell me what that theme park element is, I have not been able to piece it together. Mm-hmm. So what they're about page says is I have been a romance novel reader for over 25 years and have librarians memory for books. I think having degrees in literature and writing helps. I love to put those cataloging skills to use. I enjoy finding books with certain troops that are also good. Troops. 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 Like performing troops, marching, though? Marching, no, marching. yep. So it's T R O U P E S, not like we're going off on a war now. No, it's like we're like, com- we're going to do some commedia d'arte. Yeah. Um, oh, come into this play space with me. Improv anywhere. Oh, God. Romance improv anywhere would be upsetting, <laughs> probably, to Romeo, women. Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Um, what, what hast thou done with thine. But I will announce right away that the community activity, the first thing that comes up in their feed mm-hmm. is a is a is a review for five stars. They said it's wonderful. 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 Wonderful, darling. Of what product did they review? Angry orange, ready to use citrus pet odor, eliminator, pet spray, urine remover, and carpet <laughs> deodorizer for dogs and cats. This works wonders, my love. B- bottle leaks a little at the top, but this product is amazing. Um, well, there's the meat. There's the meat. There it is. Um, <laughs> but honestly, the thing, so their, their, their website is dead as far as I can tell. Every time I've tried to click on it, it says server not found. So oh, catsbooks.net, I rest in, rest in peace. We'll, Are you going to way, way back machine this thing? We'll never ever, I don't know. We'll never find it. Um, let's see. Um, so cats, cats. catsbooks.net. Well, yeah, cat's books theme. Our cat of cats. We're going to do this research live. Um, No, I can't find this. It does seem unlikely. Um, just poof, just poof. So what I really wanted to highlight about the thing that I found most beautiful and kind of deep diving into cat of cats books, mm-hmm. romance blog and theme park, um, is that A, I really love the their, their, their profile picture is like a cat like an orange cat just kind of like happily leaning on top of a book, like staring out at the person. Oh. It's like a little seductive. So I like how it kind of hits some of the like, I mean, I would never call a cat seductive, but like, yeah, you I need mean, to see the furry. I mean, okay. No, I mean, it's a cat that's saying like, hello there. Yeah. It's kind of like, like well, meow. welcome it. I see you've caught me reading. Um, <laughs> definitely <laughs> reading. Definitely reading. Please grab a book. Make yourself comfortable. I've got gonna... a fire going. <laughs> so, uh, but what I really wanted to highlight, this is not an ex- idea that I haven't necessarily explored in this segment yet, which is that you can make idealists on on Amazon. Okay. Their idealists are really important to me. Okay. So there's great lullaby CDs. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. My favorite paranormal romance. Kind Ooh. of kind of like sticking. And I, like, I hate to admit this about myself, but like based on some of the top things I can see in that list. Yeah, I totally agree. It's very much like into like there, there, your, your whole deal, your whole zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> then 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 the titles start getting a little specific. 
Just like very specific. Uh, Romantic spectacles, glasses on heroes, or heroine in romance. Interesting. (laughs) When... The list names romance novels, historical, contemporary, paranormal, where the romantic leads wear glasses. Sexy, sexy eyewear. (laughs) Hey, uh, hey Mike, can you kind of just give us like a quick like profile, like one, two. Oh, yeah, that's it. That is those are the glasses that we like to see. Oh, God. Just kind of like slide them down your nose a little bit real quick. I would like to send myself into (laughs) hell. Um. And then, and the, oh, we're going to just kind of keep going on this little romance coaster. Uh, bear shifters in romance. Oh. I would really like to highlight some of these titles. Bear meets girl. <laughs> the main squeeze. M-A-N-E. <laughs> these are all just like the best like possible Can't sequels to the Brother Bear, bear series. it. <laughs> Bunny and the bear. It appears there's a girl in... Uh, bunny ears on the front of that one. Oh, oh. so kind of like a Zootopia sort of situation. Bear necessities. <laughs> Jungle Book. I, Jungle Book I, so I do love the idea that somebody had listened to the bear necessities and was like, you know what? This makes me. <laughs> Probably like having sex while watching the Jungle Book based off of like <laughs> this kind of level of kink that I'm finding. Uh, fish out of water romances. Great world building and fantasy. Uh, just kind of like beautiful, just like gorgeous. And so then five star LGBTQ plus romance novels. Like, I love that it's kind of inclusive. Yeah. Now it is kind of fun to think about this also in terms of like the other lists are exclusively like paranormal or wildly (laughs) specific. Uh, Fierce, best romantic heroines with attitude. Top 20. Ooh. I like all kinds of heroines in romance. Sweet, shy, nerdy, funny, loud, hyper, innocent, body, practical, impulsive. Just like I like all kinds of humans. <laughs> but I must admit, they ha- I have a special place in my heart for the fierce heroine. She does not need people to like her. She is basically kind, but she is not nice. While utterly lovable, these women don't go down easy. Instead, they protect, they bite back, and are oh so much fun. They don't have to kick, but literally, this is not a physical thing, but a personality thing. Bring on the fierce, the mean, the strong. Love romance novels. Love. Yeah, it's gone. Cats um, books, romance novel, and theme park earns money from this list. Oh wait, I, how? I don't. I don't know. Do they get paid? Do like to, people like, like submit and be like, "Hey, this." Has a fierce heroine in it. Please put it on your list. Please put it on. How how do I make that money? I yeah, I would love to make money by making lists. Um, if anyone would like to pay us to just like list a bunch of things for them, (laughs) I mean, we're kind of already. To be honest, let's let's be really frank. Underscore pod. Josie, let's be really frank about the kind of content of our podcast. (laughs) We do already list things. We list a lot of things. We do is essentially all lists. So yeah, sponsor us, please. Do do we have any more lists to to learn about? Uh, No, those are those are the best lists. (laughs) It was just so. Specific. Yeah. So specific. Uh, well, in that case, uh, here, listen to a list of some podcasts and or businesses. Do, 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 do. 
Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Exactly. That's I'm right. Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. <laughs> you can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse podcast uh, at Rogue Media Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. <laughs> What's Your Excuse? And and here we are. We're 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 back. We're back. Um, thank you for for sticking with us. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully surprised. Mike made the the ad break fifteen or thirty seconds long, like, so you could quickly skip over. Mike was going um, to pull the plug on us in the middle of this episode. We're just gonna <laughs> such a bad joke. Yeah, but you're laughing. <laughs> Um, all right, so I love that we had um, I love that we had some some gay religious uh, material um, oh, because I'm so here scared. I have some religious fantasy material. So, one no, tree. It's not also gay. No, well, a completely non-gay. Uh, one tree. The Second Chronicles. Thomas Covenant, the Unbeliever, Book Two. Wait. The character's name is Thomas Covenant. The name of the book series is The Second Chronicles. Thomas Covenant is also the Unbeliever. Okay. It, is, it is book two. He's the Covenant, but he also doesn't believe. No, so his name is Thomas Covenant, okay. and he's the unbeliever. Yes. And the Washington Post says, the hottest fantasy writer since J.R.R. Tolkien. That's a long, that's a long time. <laughs> a time. There are so many <laughs> fantasy writers that have happened I, in that time. I also just want to know, like, what this Washington Post author, um, just, like, what exactly they're into. Like, Tolkien, hot. Stephen R. Donaldson, yeah, also hot. You know, I have read The Lord of the Rings, and it just, it doesn't say fuckable to me. Um, all right. <laughs> Summary. Thomas Covenant, accompanied by Lyndon Avery, begins his search for the one tree aboard the giant ship, Starfare's Gem. Giant ship is one word. Okay, so it is not merely a giant ship. It is a giant ship. Armed with the knowledge given to him in Andalane by his trusted friend, the forestall Heil Troy, Covenant was determined to succeed. I have so many worries about all those words he in was, that order. He was the last hope for the salvation of the land. Only he had the power to forge a new staff of law and return to the land to stop the encroaching <laughs> desecration of the sunbane and the bloody sacrificial rites of the clave. I'm going to need a diagram to understand what's happening right but now. But fate decreed that the journey was to be long, arduous, and fraught with danger as Covenant and his companions are assailed by powerful forces whose sole purpose is to ensure the failure of their quest. Um, Joe Borsat says one star. I didn't get it. I didn't get it either, Joe Borsat, so you're not alone. <laughs> Dan Sheffer also gives one star. Quite possibly the worst book ever written. Mm. So that 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 comp that that conflicts. Makes sense, yeah. The no. Washington Post. Um, book two in the second Thomas Covenant series. The second. So the I think second it's the second. It's the second. The no, I think it's the second series, and it's book two. That's Tell, too many. It tells the tale of the search for the one tree, so that the party can make a new staff of law. Sounds simple. The starting location is Sea Reach. They have a big boat, and they know who has the knowledge where to find the one tree. Shouldn't be that difficult. 
I can understand devoting a chapter to this task, maybe two chapters, but 500 pages? Is Donaldson out of his <gasps> what? mind? What? It takes the entire book for the characters to get the MacGuffin? What original writing? How fresh? How innovative? No one's ever done this. I realize that the one tree is very important, but to devote an entire book to finding it is ridiculous. Do we even know if there's a MacGuffin, like, in Sanderson's, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, like, I don't just don't think, like, the MacGuffin being hard to get to for the entire book is that shocking, you know? Right, no, exactly. Like, usually you have, like, one big goal that you're trying to find and, like, hopefully Tolkien you get there. Tolkien took how many frick-all pages to oh, get yeah. to, like... But that being said, Tolkien's, like, bad author. Uh, he's not a he's bad He's not author. a bad author. Okay, no, here's the thing. He's a good... He is a good, like, world builder and, like, creator... Oh, man, Lord of the Rings is just such a dense read. It's really endearing. Like, there yeah, are parts of true. it that are really good. Um, but digression about Covenant's paradox of power of how he can't control it. Avery has issues with her parents. Keeps asking herself, <laughs> is she is she as evil? Is she evil? Does the reader really care if Covenant can't control his power? And I doubt the reader really cares if she is evil. What? So these are just these are just kind of this is how Donaldson fills up the page apparently. Overall, the pace of events is beyond slow. It's painful. When the characters aren't digressing, apparently, like, having, like, internal conflict is called digressing. I just don't, I don't care about what's going on inside of you. Can you just pick up a sword and kill somebody? I just, that's what I, I need action. Overall, the pace of events is beyond slow. Um, oh, I already said this. Uh, it's painful. When the characters aren't digressing, foul... Is apparently the name of a villain. Oh my god. Foul. As in like bird foul? No, no, like like F-O-U-L foul. Like I wonder if it's a villain. He is launching more attacks again using an array of creatures. The reader is never stimulated because the book is 500 pages long. Chances are that the main characters aren't going to be eliminated in page 50, so why bother these pointless attacks? So this book is a complete waste. Regardless of whether the quest for the Staff of Law is successful, the party still has to return to the land, meaning this book is pretty much pointless. Is Overall, the land capitalized? It is. You are saying it like it is capitalized. Yeah, no, it's the land. Mm -hmm. uh, overall, I'm shocked that this book is still in print. No way does it deserve anything <gasps> more than one star. Yeah, Dang. no. Take my advice. Skip this book. Go straight to book three or don't bother to read the series. Oh. The third book contains a three-page synopsis that will give you all the info you need to know. As for book three, don't expect things to get much better. It's beyond lousy. This whole oh. series just plain sucks. Oh. But Dan you just, still like, read it, though. Dan just, like, in there and is just like, I am also going to take a shot at the entire series. I, You know what, though? Here's the thing. Is where that, that reviewer who's like, I finished it so it gets three stars, like, is really valid for me. Mm -hmm. Is like... You did read it all, though. You did read it all, though. You kept going. Timothy Talbot does give five stars. Thomas Covenant is the Ur Lord. The Ur Lord. -Lord. Mm -hmm. You? You are Dash Lord. The Ur Lord. <laughs> White magic wielder. I want to Thomas be the Id Lord. <laughs> Paralyzed by social anxiety and treated as a pariah in his hometown due to his teensy weensy problem with leprosy. <laughs> You know that it's the little thing. That itty bitty trouble. He trips, gets conked out, and awakens in a place called the land. I was w wondering if, like, that those were the listed symptoms for leprosy in this world. <laughs> Tripping, you know, clumsiness, out, yeah. leprosy. He meets a giant, a bunch of other folk, and this. Giant. To be you fair, meet, if I met, you meet people in okay, books. To be fair, if I met a giant and like 
30 other people. There is no way that any of those would be as important as the giant. The giant's kind of chill, though. I don't know. He is oh, revered by the populace the as the second coming of Beric Halfhand, who also had a white gold ring. There was no white gold in the land, so it's magic. Wild magic, as a matter of fact. What? That means he can't control it. Great book series. Very strange doings in the good old land, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, there's also this bad guy oh, called yeah. Lord Fowl. Your, your basic amorphous evil dude that would like it if everybody would consign their souls over to him. Uh. I, so I would love if Lord Fowl was just kind of like, I'm like, a, like an 80s movie villain. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. I'm Lord Fowl. I'm going to make you icky and sticky and nasty. Like, like, like if the Bog of Stench from Labyrinth were the main villain <laughs> of the entire yes. thing. Um, Rita Schlaud also gives five stars and says more first class fantasy. This one ranks right up there with The Ill-Earth War, the second book of the first trilogy. Thomas Covenant and his companions sail deep into the Sunbirth Sea on a quest for the One Tree, from which Covenant hopes to fashion a new staff of law. Apparently the whole thing just, like, takes place on a boat is another thing. Um, <laughs> some of the giants acquire distinct personalities as we spend days with them at sea. Vane is more, Vane is more compl- perplexing than ever before, especially as we see how he interacts with Findale, a new character in the series. What? It becomes evident that these two will play some major role in the sequel, White Gold Wielder. The story heats up in the second <laughs> half when Starfair's gem is forced to make landfall at a fascinating but sinister port town called Bratharain. I Every time we get further into this book, I just feel like I'm having... Like, like, there's so much information. The climactic events that occur at the objective of the party's quest are exciting and revealing. We learn why <laughs> Lord Fowl tainted Covenant with venom and get hints of the awesome might of the creature that formed the Earth. What? The One Tree also has the most deaths of major characters so far in the series, so there are several tragic moments in the novel, which in my opinion gives it an element of realism and poignancy that the other novels lacked. You know, it's very interesting that people are like, it's like the real world where people die. And then sometimes I'm kind of like, yeah, but also I don't go on fantasy adventures. Like people die from like sickness, you know, or like I don't want to read a book where it's like, ah, yes. And then we get to know this child and then they get pox and die. Like I don't need that. Thank you though. Uh, This combined with the very good character development during the ocean sequences and the moving backstory related by the Elohim. Elohim. Which is a... That's not subtle, is it? No, it's not. Make the one tree the deepest of the novels in the series up to this point. That's like bad, though. It's like a god. But like, um, isn't that like, like, isn't that the word that like, like... It's it's is so genuinely sacred. It's frequently to, used, yeah, in, in the Hebrew Bible. Like you're not supposed to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's usually more. Um, There's, I think Yahweh is the one that they don't say. Well, I don't know. I don't know enough about religion. Yeah. Anyway, it's not great. It's not great. Um, <laughs> four stars from Kevin James, who says four stars. It's a book. It's readable. It's what I expected. <laughs> Ah, okay. uh, yes, yeah. the highest praise I could come up for this is that it is, in fact, a book. It was a book. You know, it's kind of like the like three-star minimum for finishing. It's just like, well, yeah. So three stars for finishing. <laughs> RH gives two stars and says two stars. 
Time to retire this character by the time he wrote this part of the series. Dang. That's really... Sounds like they wanted this this character to die in the book. Uh, Kindle customer uh, says, a real disappointment. Two stars. All the other books of the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant rate from good to excellent. Except this one. It is wandering, disjointed morass of bizarre places and people. The story switches from the main character to the viewpoints of other characters throughout ah, this whole book. No, well, multiple perspectives. It's hard. I don't want to. I just don't want to. I don't want to hear just from a man. Just uh, from one man. Thomas Covenant is rarely heard from in this book. He's just somebody everyone else drags around. The whole book is pointless. Nothing of real consequence happens until the next book, White Gold Wielder. If you want to read the whole second trilogy, do yourself a favor and make sure you get this one used or from a library. You won't want to keep it. An Amazon customer gives two stars and says, Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, the rewrite. What would be a delicate and diplomatic way to say this? I did not care for this series, even half as much as the first Chronicles. This mostly appeared to be filler and the actual plot is only a third of any uh, is only a third of any one of the three books. Our anti-hero Thomas has pretty much resigned himself to plod through this with a very been there, done that, have the t-shirt attitude. And our heroine is simply in denial up to the end of the third book. Avoid the series and stick to the first Chronicles, which I give five stars. Well, that's a that's a definitive one. I always love when people are like, this author did a garbage, poopy butthole job with this book. Wish it was as good as all the other books of theirs that I love, but this is just this is just toilet matter. I mean, listen, you win some, you lose some. Um, just like I don't know, like I've never had an author, I guess, that I was just like, oh, but like I love all of their other books, but this one is so bad. Like I don't know, I just I've never really you know, come across it, that. It does sound to me like the the author of this one, who I unfortunately can only remember the name of the lead character. Uh, Donaldson is the last name. Donaldson. I have, I've closed. I've it, closed. It seems my like computer. Donaldson got trapped in uh, a book deal and said, "I have an idea for I, four books. <laughs> I can write three trilogies, no problem." Um, Instead, they were like, "Can you just George R. R. Martin it up a little? Just just bring it out a going. little bit, just like just a little bit more." Um, well, out of fear of George R. R. Martining ourselves, we're gonna draw this episode to a close. And nobody will die, though. But and nobody will Plot die. Plot twist! <laughs> I'm dead. Sorry, um, uh, betrayal in the betrayal. last with no with no foreshadowing whatsoever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, so, so thank you. Thank you so much to Rogue Media Network for hosting us. Please go check out the other, the other podcasts on our network. Mm-hmm. Um, drop us a review on iTunes or, um, Stitcher. Spotify, Stitcher, You can't in. review on Spotify. Can't review on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Tweet at us, Twitter, um, the, the yeah, Twitter if you're, place. If you're, a, if, you're a, if you're an independent uh, a book person, an independent writer, there we go, um, and you want us to say words about your book, we can promise absolute neutrality in that front. Um, and we will read the reviews if you really want those reviewers to go on blast we can freaking do that for you (laughs) Uh, thank you to uh, uh, They Might Be Giants um, for letting us use their song Don't Let's Start as the uh, the, uh, intro and outro sounds uh, that you hear on this episode Um, the Tumblr message that they that I sent them that they then posted sure to (laughs) is our legally binding contract and it's it's (laughs) great Um, anything else that we need to say I don't Think so. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I've been Josie, and I am still Becca. And uh, this has been by the cover. Let's uh, let's turn now to to the the dark horse devotional, the biweekly devotional, twenty uh, twenty page twenty. 
of, of Tammy <laughs> Hogue. The 20th, 20th page. Tammy Hogue's Dark Horse Drug Book Edition says, Jade came back to the States and found a couple of wealthy clients to... That's right, everybody. Thanks, Jade. Thanks. Hope you treat those wealthy clients good. Thank you for the podcast now. Okay, bye. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.